Hello and welcome to the Tea Leaves Podcast, where we sit down to have an ongoing conversation on the Indo-Pacific century, brought to you by the Asia Group. I'm Kurt Campbell. And I'm Rich Firma. Each episode will bring you into the discussion with the most prominent policymakers, artists, journalists, business and thought leaders driving the Indo-Pacific from Delhi to Tokyo. For this show, we are honored to welcome to the Tea Leaves podcast an esteemed guest, the Indian Ambassador to the United States, His Excellency Navtej Sarna. Ambassador Sarna is a veteran of the Indian Foreign Service. In addition to his current post here in Washington, D.C., he has represented India in the United Kingdom, Israel, Iran, Bhutan, Poland, and the former Soviet Union. He's also served in various civil service posts, most notably as the Joint Secretary for External Publicity at the Ministry of External Affairs, serving two prime ministers, three foreign ministers, and four foreign secretaries during his tenure. But beyond his distinguished career in the foreign service, Ambassador Sarna is also a highly praised author of novels, short stories, works of nonfiction, and literary uh, reviews. It's really extraordinary how you've managed to do all of these things in, in the course of your career. We're really thrilled that you are here to tell us a little bit about what's happening in the, in the U.S.-India relationship. And maybe I'll just start it off. You know, this is a relationship over its history that has been on this arc of ups and downs and a bit of a roller coaster, but we've seen an upward trajectory over the last decade or decade and a half. Maybe give the listeners a sense of where we are uh, today. Where do you think things are? And and um, tell us what it's what it's been like to be the Indian ambassador here. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me, and thank you for this wonderful opportunity. Uh, thank you for your kind introduction. Uh, I I would actually say that uh, I I think even I'd take it more than a decade back. I think I'd take this relationship back at least two decades, and and that since uh, at least two decades you have seen a clear upward trajectory uh, in the relationship. Uh, it always had the makings of being a great relationship because uh, we are. Uh, uh, I mean, as it's uh, sort of. Uh, always said the oldest and the largest uh, democracies in the world. And there is a commonality of worldview. There is a, a fundamental uh, similarity in how we run our societies, the diversity in our societies, the, the nature of the constitutions, the, uh, the rule of law, the role of judiciary, civil service, media, uh, and all that. So, uh, even if at a time uh, when you know there were ups and downs in the political relationship, there was a tremendous closeness between the two societies. A lot of people traveling back and forth, a lot of Indian students coming here, a lot of Indian professionals coming here. As a result of which, uh, today you have a, a diaspora of Indian origin of almost 4 million people, mm. which uh, when you look back is uh, is has been one of the strongest uh, uh, pillars of of this relationship in bringing the two countries together. Uh, but not only. Uh, I think today, when we look at the relationship overall, it is an entirely positive uh, relationship. It is a relationship which is uh, which which there is there are no questions about. There are no fundamental differences about. 
It's and the only thing that constrains us is perhaps our own uh, time, energy, and resources. Mm. Uh, and if we had double of those, we could probably double <laughs> uh, the relationship. But given all that, whether you look at uh, a strategic cooperation, uh, defense cooperation, uh, security cooperation, uh, economic uh, give and take, investments. Uh, Uh, from both sides, uh, the cooperation in in international fora, and uh, of course the people to people linkages that you see, and we can as we go along, sure. I'd be happy to talk about whichever area you'd like to. But I think given all that, uh, we are in a very good place. I wanted to ask you about the economic relationship, mm-hmm. and and we're navigating these interesting times, not only in America but around the world. You see this increasing kind of economic uh, protectionism or nationalism, and so in here in the United States, we have America first. Uh, there's Make in India, and people thought these were going to conflict, mm-hmm. come head to head. How do you are you navigating your way around these two, uh, which could be viewed as Priorities that conflict with each other. Well, I, I think I think at at at, at uh, yes, at one level, I, I agree with you that they sound uh, contradictory. But when you see the potential of the two economies, uh, uh, I think there is a potential of actually helping each other do exactly what we want. And uh, you know, I, I I don't want to speak for the United States, but but as far as India is concerned, I think we have. Uh, an economy which we believe can actually uh, not only help ourselves but we we are in a position where we can play a very useful role in making america great again <laughs> so uh, you know we we are confident that given our uh, growth potential our uh, we are growing at 7 7.5% uh, given our uh, the reforms taking up taking off in india given our buying capacity over the next few years whether you take our buying energy which we are now buying from the united states oil and natural gas whether you take our buying uh, civil airplanes or our defense acquisitions i mean even if you just take these three uh, uh, baskets uh, we can uh, be uh, uh, a very important partner for for what the united states administration is trying to do is to create jobs to increase its exports uh, and so on and also i think india has the uh, the the weight of our uh, professionals who are who are uh, uh, sufficient we have sufficient enough to send lots of them here <laughs> and and that they they are being they are being very they're playing a very crucial role in making american companies be globally competitive. Yeah. So I think there are ways of working together around this. Ambassador again, thanks for joining us. Um uh, I'm interested in India's evolving attitudes and views about Asia. Um increasingly India is included uh, uh in a broader definition of Asia and is developing closer relations to many countries in the region Japan, 
very good relations with Prime Minister Modi and others, uh, building uh, ties in ASEAN. If you had to uh, just summarize uh, for us, um, how does India project its trajectory? What are its ambitions in Asia? And in particular, what do you think U.S., uh, excuse me, Indian relations with China have in store for us in the future? Well, I, uh, I I think India actually sees itself as part of the heart of Asia. So uh, I don't think we ever had any doubt about our Asian uh, uh, personality and our, our role in Asia uh, ever since from the beginning of our days as an independent, modern independent India in 1947. And I, and I think it, we... I think you you use a word here in politics called the pivot. Mm. So if, so we probably you know didn't not as much anymore. <laughs> well, we use well we we you know we 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 started a look east policy um, all about twenty five years ago, and in recent times it's been changed to an act east policy. Yeah. So uh, where we started, uh, you know, we started engaging more with ASEAN. Uh, of course, we've always had a very traditional old relationship uh, with Japan, uh, but but in terms of engagement with the ASEAN, I think it's probably reached a, a pinnacle this year uh, because we had all ten ASEAN leaders as special guests on it's, our Republic Day on twenty sixth January, yeah. which yeah. which really was in many ways a you know symbolic. Uh, coming together of uh, 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 all the Asian entities uh, that we've been working closely with. And we have a very intense uh, dialogue with them. We have large number of projects, uh, increasing trade, uh, and ways in, in political strategic terms, uh, ways and means of tackling our common concerns, whether it's counterterrorism or it's maritime security or its freedom of uh, the sea lanes. Um, so we, we've we been working very closely with them. Plus, of course, if you extend uh, Asia and uh, take us down and, you know, in the, take the Indian Ocean domain, then, of course, we have uh, all uh, a lot of work going on there with several countries. Mm -hmm. And we also think of the Middle East as West Asia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell us a little <laughs> bit about India's evolving views of China. I'm not sure what you mean by evolving views, but I think we, you know, China is a very important, very large, very powerful neighbor uh, of India. And I think the effort has been to build a, uh, a constructive uh, relationship with China in which uh, the, the, you know, people often see India as China as competing in everything. I think some of that is inevitable given our size, given our our uh, sort of uh, positions as 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 large developing countries with uh, huge populations, uh, and of course there is increasing trade between the two countries. There is increasing tourism between the two countries, uh, and we we've we've had uh, uh, a border. A conflict, as you know, in 1962, which has uh, which has left its echoes uh, down the decades. And but we do have a way uh, of working out the border problem in itself, 
without necessarily having it spill over to the rest of the relationship. So I think there have been structures in place which allow us to work through uh, through border issues. And of course, then when you look at the international implications of uh, of, of some of the activity that has been happening, uh, uh, there there are some specific concerns. For instance, we 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 have been concerned about some aspects of of the one belt one road particularly where it's erosion of sovereignty and infringement of sovereignty as uh, as we believe uh, uh, so i think the important thing is that this is an important relationship which needs to be handled carefully and we've been doing just that I want to. You mentioned West Asia or the mm. the Middle East, and and maybe turn your attention uh, to that direction. Uh, Prime Minister uh, Netanyahu was just in Israel. Prime Minister Modi, uh, uh, sorry, Prime Minister Netanyahu came to India, and then Prime Minister Modi went to Israel as well. What what's happening uh, with this kind of uh, rekindled or maybe uh, friendship that we haven't seen before in the Israel-India relationship. Well, I do. I don't think that uh, you know. It's uh, it's been a steady growth in that relationship. As you know, with the end of the Cold War, uh, there was a lot more flexibility uh, uh, in in the world, and and we established diplomatic relations with Israel in 1992. Mm. And uh, I must say that there, through those uh, 25 years, there's been a sort of steady growth. In the relationship, in the in several areas, uh, uh, security is the most well known. But there's been huge amount of cooperation in agriculture, in uh, water technologies, in in uh, telecom uh, technologies, and and several others. You know, Israel is is a laboratory of breaking a uh, cutting edge technologies, and they have been using the uh, India's Indian markets to scale them up. So we've had a steady growth of the relationship. I was very fortunate. I spent four years in Israel as mm. India's ambassador and saw part of this. What has happened in recent years, of course, is that we have had uh, a number of high-level visits. Uh, so in a sense, if you say if that, that was one area on which uh, there was not that much visibility, that has now been uh, covered. We had Prime Minister Modi, we had a very successful visit uh, uh, to Israel, Prime Minister Netanyahu's return mm -hmm. visit. Our president went to Israel. And recently, as you said, uh, Prime Minister Modi paid a standalone visit to, to Palestine. Mm. And that, of course, has been a very old relationship, India's support for the Palestinian cause. Uh, in more ways than just words, because, you know, we, we've had a long history of... Uh, helping the Palestinians in their development, um, setting up infrastructure, health, training. Uh, now a technology park is, is going to be set up in Ramallah and, 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 and other projects. An interesting thing was when Prime Minister Modi went to Palestine, he flew in a Jordanian yeah, helicopter and he was escorted by an <laughs> Israeli helicopter. It's amazing. So I think uh, there's something to be said with having more friends than this. It's amazing.
I, I have so many more uh, foreign policy questions I want to ask you, but I, I want to go back in time a little bit and ask you about uh, your beginnings and really how this career path even uh, started for you. Uh, and, and more interestingly, uh, you and Kurt have a lot in common. You've both written uh, a lot of books. And I'm wondering, how, how does one do that while you're <laughs> also um, serving in all these high pressure posts? Tell us about uh, a little bit about your, your origins in the Indian Foreign Service, but also your career as an author as well. Well, as far as my origins in Indian Foreign Service are concerned, I think you're taking me back to prehistory. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I did join the Indian Foreign Service in, in 1980. And in, as you know, in India, it is through a, a, a countrywide competitive exam. Mm-hmm. And um, it was very interesting days. And I went through the early years and uh, uh, had the great fortune of serving in some very interesting uh, uh, areas and, and times, which which seem to have yeah. vanished from the but world. But did you know this was something you wanted to do as a, as a young well, person? Well, I, I think I was fairly certain yeah. right through that this is what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have too much confusion. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, 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 you know, left several other choices which I had, including uh, uh, good jobs in the private sector mm-hmm. and, and, um, um, and moved to this as soon as I got the opportunity. I started life uh, as a diplomat in Soviet Russia and uh, went on to, to different places. So it's been, it's been a, uh, uh, I, I don't think in terms of uh, richness of experience, one could have wished for uh, any other career. Uh, and I've managed to write because I think uh, writing was always also something which I uh, always wanted to do. And it was uh, one career which which allowed me to write and actually even uh, gave me an uh, gave me the necessary experience which which I could uh, translate into my fiction and and other works. Uh, and yes, it's it's not always possible to write all the time, given the pressures of the job. But I think the mm-hmm. the trick is to find the windows. And is there an, another book forthcoming in in the future? You think? Well, I think in the very <laughs> distant future. <yes. laughs> yeah. Ambassador, uh, I remember speaking to one of your distinguished predecessors many years ago and asking him about serving in uh, the United States and Washington. He, you know, obviously. You have the best uh, Indian chef in in the country, pretty much. But I asked him, "What do you like about the United States, and what do you miss?" And his list of what he liked was long, but he said what he really missed was live cricket, and that it was hard <laughs> to uh, uh, catch a good Test matches. So I'd be curious uh, if you've got a fix for that. But you've traveled pretty widely around the United States already. Uh, you're a very seasoned diplomat, so it's probably pretty difficult to surprise you. But I'd be interested, has there been anything about the United States during this trip, during this sojourn, that has surprised you? Well, that's always a, a difficult question, but I, I don't think I've, I've, I've it is, it's really surprised me anything in particular because I've had the occasion of living in the United States uh, before. I spent four years uh, in, in, in an earlier posting here. But I think what has, what has been a most welcome revelation, if not a, not a surprise, has been the huge change in the perception of India hmm. that you that you find in different areas 
uh, and and different communities uh, of United States uh, for India. And it's not always only the international relations communities or the think tanks who, whose business it is to to study foreign relationships and so on. But you know, if you go to small towns, etc., uh, there is a much more of uh, knowledge about India. There's much, maybe some of it is, I suppose, uh, India's growth, and some of it is growth in technology and uh, communications technology that much more of us is available. So we are recognized, we are known, uh, and that, that's been something which has been, uh, which has been very reassuring. In, in some ways, that you don't have to constantly uh, tell people about India or, you know, no no longer do, do people have the impression. I used to be asked some uh, earlier days, you know, you'd be asked whether do you, do, you, do you have roads in India or do you, you know, and questions like that, which no longer. <laughs> <laughs> right. But you, you also, as you travel across the country, you come across this incredible diaspora community, of course. Which, which you talked about earlier. Uh, it's quite amazing uh, when you see the kinds of contributions the diaspora has made uh, to the United States. And this must be so reassuring when no, you go out and meet with the community. Absolutely right. And now, I mean, that's that's again a, a reflection of the growth of the diaspora and the relationship that you find them now increasingly in the politics of the country. Mm. You know, you you see them as as mayors and as councillors, and 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 of course, in a larger number of people on the hill uh, of uh, Indian origin. So I think that that is something which has been a major change. How do we get more Americans interested in going to India, and in in particular, let me ask you about students, because we've had a. a a good number of Indian students come to the U.S., mm. but not as many American students go to India. How do we uh, ramp up that interest, and why do you think the numbers have not been as high as they could be? Well, I think uh, probably as far as the last aspect is concerned, that you have such uh, wealth of uh, uh, opportunities available in the United States mm. that I think you'd need a particularly adventurous sort of student mm. who'd want to go and have a completely different uh, experience. Otherwise, most students follow the given trail of going uh, to one of the better universities here. So I think it'll be as as, as facilities grow in India, as we uh, develop our own expertise and become and our universities become known for excellence in different fields, I think uh, the students will follow. We talk a lot about the shared values between the two yeah. countries um, and how there's something unique about our two countries. And both of our constitutions start with same three words, we the, we the people. Do we, um, do we overestimate these shared values or is that uh, something that continues to draw us together during kind of both uh, no, good I, times and bad times? I, are, I, yeah. I don't think you can overestimate these, these because I think these are fundamental uh, uh, values. And ultimately, I think human beings... Uh, uh, respond uh, to to such things, even when you might have uh, a big difference uh, on a, on one single political issue, or you may have some trade issue which keeps getting the headlines. But you, these are things which don't go away. So these are the ones that give the necessary ballast to the relationship, which keeps it balanced. Mm -hmm. And you're optimistic about the relationship and where it's headed. It's oh, obvious. extremely yeah. yes, yes. I'm totally optimistic. 
Well, Mr. Ambassador, uh, I want to thank you really for everything that you've done, your, your dedication, the effort and the work that you've put into the bilateral relationship and for uh, coming on to our, our show, our humble podcast, and uh, giving us some, some insights. Well, thank you for an opportunity to do my first ever podcast. <laughs> and thank you all for listening. Please be sure to rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll see you next time. Thank you.